<laughs> you sure? This is In The Zone. I don't know if y'all ready. I don't know. But welcome to the In The Zone podcast with your host Jose and Deremy. And we have a special guest with us. Darius Dove is joining us to talk about this topic. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Jose, how's it going, man? Living a dream. Living, yeah. Living a dream. <laughs> all right. All right. What have we? Uh, what have I told you? You know, talking about a dual threat quarterback, a guy with the perfect arm, a guy who can scramble, make plays, got the great athletic ability. Am I talking about Russell Wilson? No. Nope. Pat Mahomes? No. Nope. Lamar Jackson? No. I'm going back to the OG. I'm going back to the original, the original dual threat, the guy who started all this. Ultimate weapon. The ultimate weapon, Randall Cunningham. That's who we're talking about today. You know, everyone's now is the wave of the new wave of quarterback. You know, Lamar won the MVP. Mahomes won it last year. Mahomes Super Bowl MVP. But I feel like people are forgetting about the original, the prototype, the guy. And it's not Mike Vick. Nope. People want to say Steve Young. It's not Steve Young. Yeah. It's Randall. So let me ask you guys, what what do you guys first think of when you say Randall, hear the name Randall Cunningham? Well, I, I think of... And I don't know. I, I get a little frustrated because I wish I would have saw those earlier years. You know what I mean? Like, because when I started watching football and like I was heavy into the Eagles, it was around 90, 1991. So I missed that MVP season. I missed all those great plays. And not that I really like missed them, missed them, but you know, I wasn't like a super Eagles fan. Like, obviously, we all are today. And, um, and I, I wish I could have saw those years you know what I mean mm-hmm. like but Randall to me was the man you know what I mean like he was and you talked about it you know that dual threat the you know the passing the running and all that like he he was the first well I mean you got Fran Targenton too but like Randall to me was the first guy like everybody goes back and starts comparing these guys today to Michael Vick and I'm like no you got to go back a little more absolutely you know what I mean absolutely what about you Darius well I think for me I'm a little bit older. Randall was probably the first quarterback who I went in the backyard and was like, I want to be like him Um, because he just did things differently. He was also, in my opinion, in that era, one of the first flashy quarterbacks. Uh, He had the, the, the midnight mask over his helmet. Yeah, uh, you know uh, the cover mask over or shield, and he just did things, and he had a certain pizzazz to him. So I think for people my age who was really into football, he was just different, and he just did things that you cannot explain. So I just remember Randall just being the guy that I was like, okay, he's different, he's cool, he has the towel hanging out. All the way down to his like his thigh, you know. He was just doing things differently. He used to do the windshield wipers over, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like he was a flashy guy because at that time quarterbacks were kind of button up. Uh, yeah, like Joe Montana, he didn't really talk. Uh, Elway was the leader. Marino, you know, he was a cool guy, but Randall was flashy. So for me, uh, he was a dual threat guy, but a flashy guy at that, and he was hip. So, so that's what Randall meant to me. Yeah, I, I, I think Randall for me also goes into one of those mysterious categories where it's weird. He's not, you know, Bo Jackson 
has that like myth kind of like that what if factor, but only played a few seasons. Same with Gail Sayers. Randall's in that category of like to me Warren Moon, Marcus Allen, who you see their careers. They had a lengthy career in the NFL, but there's these other factors that you kind of go, what if? What if this didn't happen? What if that didn't happen? They could have been you know even greater, and their legacies could have been bigger. So Randall's exciting to me. He's a great topic to uh, to kind of dive into. So now Randall comes in here in the 85 draft, and he's – sometimes I forget that he is that bridge. There's not really a really a bridge between Ron Jahorski yeah. and Randall. It's, it's that connector. It's boom. Jaws was the quarterback, and then we kind of go right into Randall. And he doesn't really start thriving until Buddy Ryan gets into town. And Buddy gets hired after the 86 – uh, as the 85 Bears win the Super Bowl, and Buddy was not a Ron Jaworski fan and gave, <laughs> no. and gave Randall the uh, – first it was the third down quarterback Correct. spot, and then we look at it after that, Randall becomes the starter. And he kind of breaks through. It's like that 88 season. Yeah. The Eagles break through and Randall does. And let me ask you guys, what are the uh, the highlight moments for you when you think of Randall's time, especially in Philadelphia? It was so many. You know what I mean? Like, you have so many plays that you can look back to. And, and it's funny, you were talking about the Buddy Ryan, like the third down. It was What was it, like third and seven he would come in? Yeah, yeah. Third and six and under, Jaworski. That's 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 really weird. But It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. But, um, no, like, you remember all, like, the, the Monday night play with Carl Banks? I think that was 87. That was, the, that was 88. That was 88, 88. okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was that's when supposedly he came onto the scene. You know what I mean? Like, he had been starting and – that play on Monday night kind of put his name out there to the whole league. You yeah. know what I mean? To the whole world. Not just people in Philly, but like now everybody start, knew who Randall Cunningham was. Um, you got the game in Washington where he threw for like 450 yards. You know, it, it was so many plays that play in Buffalo. You know, I, I'm not going to take all the plays because I want you guys also to talk about it. But <laughs> Thank um, you, Jose. Yeah. But it was, it was so many big plays, man. Like so many amazing plays that you could think about with Randall. Yeah, I think for me, I would probably go back to it was the Eagles at home against the Packers. And like I said, the guy was just different. When he got to the goal line, his mindset was, I'm going to go over you. And we didn't see a lot of quarterbacks do that, whether some guy slid or some guys went out of bounds or whatever the case may be. But Randall was like the first quarterback who was like, no, I'm going to jump over you. And I think it was a play where he ran – uh, on the right side and just jumped over three Packers. It was just like, okay, I'll just jump over you. And I don't care about my body. I'm, if I get hurt, I get hurt. Um, and one of the things I think we also got to look at, uh, despite the, I believe he took he tore his ACL year. That was 91. That was 91. Uh-huh. He was pretty, like, durable for taking yeah. some hits, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, if you right. look at some of those highlights, he, like I said, man, he's landing on his wrist. He's landing on his neck. On his back a lot, and he would just get right up. So I think uh, one of the things that Randall doesn't get credit for is how durable he was. But I just remember so many highlights of him just jumping over people, whether it's hurling guys or whatever the case may be. But that, yeah, that, but the one big one for me is the the Buffalo with the Bruce Smith and just ducking him and just throwing the ninety five yard touchdown. Uh, but also, let's not forget what else did Randall do that game. He punted. Yeah. 
That's not the same That's game. A, that was, that was, I thought that was the Buffalo game. No, that was against the Giants. What? Ninety-one yard punt. The ninety-one, but he also punted in the. Um, he he did punt game. in that game and in one of those games, but he also so I think he was like the first quarterback since I don't know when. That like Sammy Ball, yeah, something. like in the fifties, back in the day, that he punted and you know what I mean, threw a touchdown or whatever the case may be. So, but that's my memory. No, I think they're so. I I'm kind of with the 91 yard punt for me always sticks out, you know, against the Giants. I I really I know it's kind of odd, but I really enjoyed that one just to show the versatility of Randall, who was all American punter at UNLV. Yeah. You know, Randall's different to me because like Jose brought up Mike Vick, and Michael Vick. Don't get me wrong, electrifying runner, mm-hmm. but Randall's about four to five inches taller. Yeah. And a much better arm. Michael Vick, to me, did not have highlight real throws like Randall had. Randall had the, the runs and the highlight real throws to me. He had both. Where especially Michael Vick in Atlanta, you didn't you weren't you look at a highlight reel of Michael Vick with the Falcons, it's all the running yeah. games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not his arm. Yeah, especially in Atlanta. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was all run, all run. When he came to Philly it was a couple of nice throws there that, that he put on the highlight reel. Right. But it, it took a while. Though. Right. Right. So let me ask you guys then this. What are some of the, the lows you look at Randall? Why why do you think if we have all this stuff, the ultimate weapon, you know, his 1990 season, what are some of the, the, the factors that I'll say that leads to, like, why he's not celebrated more? Well, and, and I don't even know if I can blame Randall. I, I really blame. I mean, this where as an Eagle fan, you just you get so like pissed because here you have a coaching buddy Ryan who sees the talent, who was like, "Hey man, I just want to do defense. You do your thing." Like, come on, you can't think like yeah. that. Then okay, buddy gets fired. You then have a you know, even before them, Randall and Rich Kotite, uh, who was the offense coordinator, weren't getting along. So then as an ownership, you know, Norman Brayman decides, you know what, we're going to fire Buddy. We have a franchise quarterback. You know what we're going to do? Let's hire the guy he doesn't like. Yeah. You know, who do things like that? So he then he brings on Rich Kotite, and then Rich Kotite, and that's it. This is where, I'm not saying that Randall's totally innocent in all this, but this is where, okay, instead of Rich Kotite saying, let me use your strengths, he says, no, I want you to change. And I think everybody in the room knows you can't do that. And he could have used his strength. So I think I could definitely see Randall getting frustrated. And at that time, I'm pretty sure he wasn't the warm and fuzzy guy. and was probably getting on his teammates' nerves a little bit, too, because a lot of the media knew the frustrations between him and the coach. But it was also like, yo, man, how do we let this prized possession just, just go by the wayside? And, you know, Randall with the let me be me quote, um, you know, it was I mean, just dumb. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think that was pretty dumb. It was bad, and but I think it was just boiled frustration. I mean, which it was like, hey man, I mean, I was the MVP in 1990. Like, <laughs> like I, I think I'm pretty good at doing. Give me some good weapons and work with me. We could do some special things. And instead, Kotite just decides to do the exact opposite, and it was just butting heads. So I think that was the the the, the bad part and all of that was that. Nobody really knew how to work with this guy and put a team really around him. Yeah, for me, it's the the playoff losses. You know what I mean? Like, and that because I mean, you got the fall goal, whatever. Like, 
I don't think they should have played finished playing that game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with we can't blame one out. Yeah, so but before all that ball came in, they had some opportunity. There was some drop passes too. I mean, we can't blame Randall for that, but you know, then you got the loss against the Rams here at home. Now you got back to back losses at home, playoff losses. Now you got the Rams and you have Washington. You know, and they were favoring both those games. So you gotta it's not I can't put all of that on Randall. But he didn't have good games, those games either, you know? And um I mean so that kinda sticks out for me right from the jump mm-hmm. when it comes to like disappointment, right? Like but I agree, like what kind of talent do they have around them? You know what I mean? Like now we have good, decent players, Fred Barnett, Calvin Williams. We have those guys, Keith Byers, Keith Jackson. We were talking about before the show, and but I think it all boils down to he got shitty coaching. You know what I mean? Like and they were just letting him do whatever he felt like doing, and that just doesn't work when you're playing guys like Parcells and Gibbs and and Belichick now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now to be fair though. You know, and Norman Brayman is is despised in Philadelphia for a lot of valid reasons. But Rich Kotite was the OC. Randall had his best year under Kotite. So there was some some reasoning to why he gave Kotite that position, you know, as well. I also think there was, you know, um, bringing the heat. Mark Bowden's book talks about that. He liked Kotite was just a straightforward kind of guy and was the complete opposite of what he had with Buddy. But Randall did have his best season with Rich Kotite as an offensive coordinator, too. Right, but then let's not forget that best season. What year are you, what year are you referring to? 1990. Right, so Buddy was still here. Buddy was the head coach. Right. That was let's Buddy's not, final year. Let's not forget, it was really Buddy going to Rich Kotite and telling Rich Kotite what, what they're going to do. Because even at that time, Rich wanted to change some things. But it was Buddy like, nah, let Randall be Randall. Like we, you know, let him run around, figure it out, and I think. But Rich you know, did implement a little bit of a system. He did, too. he did, but I think it was a good mix of Buddy saying, "Don't overcomplicate things." You have a special talent. That's one thing I do think with Buddy Ryan that he gets credit for is he was able to see talent and say, "I'm gonna let you do what you do best," and that's what we're going to do. I'll worry about the other parts. So with Randall, he was saying they're saying you have a dynamic playmaker. Just let him do it. Get hit, let him run around and figure it out. Um, and like I said, it was cool having Rich come in there and provide some structure. But then once Rich took over, it's just it, it just went downhill from there. Um, and also, uh, Richard Kotai wasn't a player's coach anyway. I don't think too many guys really liked him anyway. No, so, no. I mean, but it just goes back to like you know the Eagles of that that era. Just how many mistakes? Whether it was letting Reggie White go. Whether it was not drafting any offensive talent, um, well, no, that's the other I, than I, Keith I will, Jackson. I will disagree on that. Buddy's woes to me were not. He drafted skill position. Yeah, it was. He didn't care about the line. offensive line yeah. at all. No, he you know. But let's let's be honest. Because Chris Carter came in, Keith Byers, Keith, Keith Jackson. Jackson. I mean, and those guys were okay. But like Barnett. I said, Barnett, those guys were okay. But we have to also say, like you know, even with. I think the only guy he had to make the Pro Bowl was Keith Jackson and, and Mike Quick one year. So, um, but they didn't really have a true number one on it, not even a running back or a wideout. You know, they had nice complimentary players, but they didn't give them any studs. And we look at that era. You know, Montana had the studs. You know, we're looking at um, uh, what's my name? Marino had guys who was throwing to. These guys were just rolling. I'm looking at some Warren Moon was just chucking it yeah. all over the place. <laughs> he had. 
awesome players all over. So it was like, man, we get this guy a little bit of talent here, like a true number one or even a running back. I mean, I, I'd be well, tempted to say. let me see. ask, Jose, so you say Randall gets no blame. Randall Randall's totally innocent in this? Oh, no, I don't think so. No, okay. Yeah, no, when I was – all right, so I'm just I'm trying like, to get here. I'm just trying to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just want to know. I think Randall deserves some blame here he too. Definitely, he definitely does. Um, but in fairness, I can't believe I'm saying this, and I can't believe I'm saying this sentence. But in fairness to Rich Kopitar, yes, you can't just let a guy do whatever he feels like doing either. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be an offense and implemented. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, and did he go about it the right way? Probably not. In hindsight, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. You I just, just love it though. Real quick, on it's on the record, Jose giving praise and props, defending Rich Cotite. Go love, ahead. I'm a little sorry. bit of love for Richie. I, I Jose Rich loves Cotite. some Rich. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess. Um, no, but you got to. I mean, like I said, in those playoff losses, man, he had zero touchdown passes against the Rams and the Redskins. Those, and they were at home. You know what I mean? And so, the Bears too. But the Bears, that the, the fog boy, I, I kind of chalk that up. You know what I'm saying? Like I. Should they have won that game? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they were favored against the Rams. And there was there was a upsets, you know, and he did not play well. And it was always questioning his preparation. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean I'm not questioning that. I just see other players question that. You know what I mean? Like, and he was a true superstar. And, you know, and he was about that life. And guys used to always question, you know, how much is he really into this? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and he was more he wanted to be like the Arsenio Halls of the world. He and, did. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to be all of that, which is which is he should be. You know what I'm saying? He should want to do that. But you also got to put a lot of work in your craft. And I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just going by what other players were on that team said. Well, know? let me ask. Um, people look at the Fog Bowl, which was '88, mm-hmm. and that loss to the Bears. And I do agree that I think if we look back at it now that game would have been stopped. Yeah. If that happens today, we're not going to play through it. And they look at 91, where Bryce Pop, Bryce uh, Pop is forever famous uh, for that hit. I don't think anyone else would know Bryce Pop, definitely not in Philadelphia, if not for that hit in week one in 91. And a lot of Philadelphia fans will say they were Super Bowl opportunities favorites. blown. Yeah. Do you guys agree with that? Looking at 88 with the Fog Bowl and 91 with Bryce Pop, do you think that, do you agree with that, that the Eagles... Because those are legacy-building kind of yeah. things. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, now, that Washington team that won the Super Bowl was pretty good that year. Yeah. And um, so I don't know if the Eagles get to the Super Bowl, but they went 10-6 and six that year with no quarterback play. I mean, you had Jim McMahon playing a couple games, but he would get hurt every other game, you know. And when McMahon played, they, they, they had success. But, you know, I, I Jeff Camp was playing for the Eagles that year. Like, it was guys I never heard of, you know, and – and they still went ten and six. That defense was one of the best defenses mm-hmm. of all time that year. And if they go ten and six with those guys playing quarterback, Randall's going to win you at least two games on his own. You know, so do they have a shot? Yeah, I think they have a shot. You know what I mean? That's I literally cried when that happened to Randall and Bryce Pop hit him, but I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yeah, <laughs> I now, thought you did too. Yeah, that one hurt. Yeah. Let's go back to '88. It, it just goes back to this whole thing, like you know, when, when you look at the NFL today. You kind of wish like some of those rules applied to back then, because oh, that was the t- a, a game today. They would not have played that. Um, that would have been canceled, and it was like I guess this whole 
macho thing about the NFL. <laughs> like, we're going to do it, and I don't care. We can see, and people get hurt. And, yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just let it go. So that kind of doesn't make any sense. But then also, I also think about if the NFL protected its quarterbacks like they do now, back then, like that hit would have been a, a big fine, and a guy could have possibly been suspended. Because so he it, went would low. It, would it even happen? Right, it you may not have happened. True. So, Good point. you know what I mean? And then also, you know, Randall being able to slide or whatever the case may be. So you just look at it, and I guess it was that macho era. But no, as a as an Eagle fan, it, it pisses you off because I do believe uh, 91 was the year. 88, they still would have had to go on through, come me out here. They would have had to play San, San Fran, Fran. In San year. Fran, I believe, right? Uh... I think they would have had to play San Fran. It so might have been. That would have been. And, it San, might have and been. San Fran. They, they both had that 10 and 6 kind of record. Okay. So that would have been. That may have been a tough feat to, to you know, to beat them. And plus, you know, Buddy against uh, Walsh may have been a yeah. classic matchup. But I think we got to say advantage to Walsh and company. So, but yeah, as an Eagle fan, you do get kind of pissed. I don't know. I, I do think. 91, that Redskin team gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. That's an all-time... Yeah. That's that's Joe Gibbs' best team, yep. and that's a great team. But it's interesting because I do think, like, yeah, 10-6, and six, Randall will probably... You're probably going to be a 12-4 and four team, I yeah, think, if I Randall's think, healthy. I think so. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think... We still wouldn't win the division that year, though, because Washington wound up going... 14-2. and two. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know... It would have been a great matchup, but we also got to look at, you know, the Eagles' defensive players are really in their prime, right? I mean, from, Reggie, from, Jerome. from that defensive line, I mean, that yeah. would have been a problem. So, I mean, it would have been it would have been a great yeah. a great battle, though. Yeah, because that, that Redskins team, they would have been 15-1. and one. They That last game, the Eagles beat them that last game, but they didn't play. They right. played half their guys. Right, so. they really lost to the Cowboys. That was it. Yeah, and, and that Redskins team was really good, but... I don't know. With that defense, you never know. You know what I mean? Like any given Sunday, like they say, man, that defense could have shut down a lot of teams. You know, but you got coaches like Joe Gibbs. They're going to game plan something for Randall, and they're going to make him throw the ball. And not that he couldn't throw the ball. He had an amazing arm, but his decision-making also was also questionable sometimes. Right, right. And I think that's where it was. Um, it's just interesting because there was – and and – you saw remnants of it a little bit with Michael Vick, I guess, but really you see what now, where with whether it's a Cam Newton, Lamar, Russell, they have offenses built for him. Yeah. Where no one did know what to to do with Randall, and he was an anomaly to the game. And and they still, let's be honest, we talk real that prejudice with the quarterback position affected it, and you can kind of see that. Whether not saying that was Rich Kotite's purpose yeah but he wanted him to be because they weren't used to that so be an in the pocket kind of passer and that's where the let me be me and yeah. well, nah, still scrambling and all that yeah. stuff comes right from. and i think that's where i do give credit to buddy ryan for saying wait a minute i got a guy here who can like outrun everyone throw the ball better than ron jaworski i won't play him now we may not we may not agree on how he did it and the rotating of quarterbacks but I think Buddy again does get some credit for sitting there saying, let's, "We got to play this guy. I don't care. Don't change him, or you know, just let him go out there and figure it out." So I think Buddy does get a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He he knew he had to be on the field somehow. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and 
whatever it took. I mean, but he thought that third down rotation was genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Buddy yeah. thought that was the shit, man. Yeah. But, you know, but, looking back, that, yeah. that could never work. I think that's where the my problem with Buddy, I think you're right, Darius, to give credit to Buddy. Yeah. At that time, the mid-'80s, coaches weren't given, you know, you rarely saw coaches given that, you know, chance to the black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I think Buddy's ego, he did not want to have another Mike Dicka situation, I feel. So he did not want to bring in a strong offensive mind as an assistant either. Hmm. And I think, to me, that's where it was It was a problem, where he just thought. And if he does that, that would, that would have helped him out so much. You know what I mean? Because like, he can then, at that point, he can just give the offense to that guy and just focus on the defense and, and who, who he's going to be having on the field. Yeah. I think that would have been the smartest way to go if I was Buddy Ryan. Yeah. Right, and I think, you know, it just goes back to that whole back-in-the-day mentality. It's my way or the highway, and you do as I say. And but Buddy definitely so, uh, suffered from that as, I think, what later on we see. Uh, he punched a coach. Kevin Gilbride down in uh, Houston and things like that, so... You know, buddy. Buddy was definitely different. He had his ways, but um, but I, I, like I said, he knew. Like Jose said, he had to get on the field. No, so you know, with Randall missing the '91 season, like Jose said, they go ten and six. Now '92 is still under co-tight, but you know, on the defensive end, they Jerome Brown tragically yeah. passes away, and Randall does get his first playoff win that year. Yeah. Yeah, they they come back in the Superdome and beat New Orleans, beating the, the the whole Dome Patrol, but then lose the following week to Dallas, and that really is kind of the start of the decline for Randall's time here in Philly. He yeah. he winds up being here for under three seasons, um, you know, a couple more under Rich Kotite, and then he's here for the first of Ray Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Right, but it really winds up ending. Really, I my kind of tragic for Randall. He he gets yeah. he leaves Philadelphia with a lot of a lot of dislike, a lot of egg on his face, and I feel like he couldn't do anything right. Yeah, you know? yeah, that, and that one hurt. But but let's before we get to that real quick, I just want to mention this because I remember this growing up. That let's let's give some props to Randall for also being like what the first quarterback to have his own TV show. I love that. Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we gotta Luke. give some props for that. I think he had like a TV show. He had his Luke own. Tilly? Luke yeah, yeah, he had his and then own. Ron Burke. Yeah. Ron Burke came in. He had his own show, his own line of clothing, and then I think he also had like uh, like a cereal or something like or candy bar. Yeah, he had the candy bar. Yeah, so he. I know. He had yeah, he had bar. a candy bar. So like this guy was like Randall was a, definitely an opportunist to say the least. Uh, also, I think. He probably did get ridiculed a lot back then, but nowadays everybody does that. Oh. It's all about branding and putting yourself out there. But back in the day, those guys just wanted him to pay attention to football. And here he goes. He has a talk show, and he's singing with Whitney Houston and stuff like that. So um, it, it was really – he was really different. Um, but now that would be considered normal. So I don't think he gets enough credit for that also. For sitting there saying, like, I'm more than just a football player. I mean, I'm not buying his album or nothing. But, you know, he did have the guts to, like, hey, let me go up here and sing with Whitney Houston. And no, but I, I I, think that's a good point. But it's also, it highlights that those guys hated Randall. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, the way with, you know, you saw later with McNabb. And a lot of those guys aren't McNabb guys. 
because there's usually a debate before now you have Carson with Randall or Donovan. Both of them were disliked by their teammates heavily. Yeah, and then with Randall, and, you know, Darius talked about it, like, those guys on the defensive side, those were, like, blue-collar, like, just come to work, I'm going to punch you in the mouth type of dudes, like, and he was the total opposite. You know what I'm saying? He's this California kid, like, kind of loopy a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, and he wanted – he was ahead of his time, not only off the on the field, but also off the field, man. He knew, like, he wanted to put himself out there. He was a, a true superstar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, by the, by the nature of that word, man. He had a show. He was – on commercials, a ton of commercials. He was on HBO specials, like the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, he was you know. he was everywhere, man, and rightfully so. Like, but how much do you think that hurt his career? And that's the op. That's the other side of that coin, though. <laughs> so, am I happy he did all that? Of course, you know what I'm saying. Like, do what you're gonna do. But as a football fan, I wish he would have been more a part of the. I don't want to say part of the game plan, but more into that than all the other stuff. And who knows right. what could have happened. You know? Right, and I, and I think he definitely had to get some of that humble pie, as I'm pretty sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. Minnesota and things like that, or him even going to Dallas, whatever the case may be. But it was just, like I said, and just doing the research, and I'm like, man, this guy was really like ahead of his time. Because right? Right? quarterbacks weren't really that outspoken Back then, you know, I mean, I'm thinking back, like, I don't remember hearing about Warren Moon and, like, singing with somebody or no, candy no. Bar, a candy bar or anything like that. So, it was, like, really kind of cool how, like, he was so ahead of his time when it comes to stuff like that. But it, I agree, though. I, but then I go back and I say, was it was it jealousy? Probably a little bit. You know, teammates? Yeah, was it jealousy? Like, because... You know, they just want, you know, hey, man, you know, sorry, Seth Joyner, but nobody really cares about the linebacker on the I, cereal box. Like, I think it was jealous. <laughs> I don't know, that's a good point. Was it je- I think it was definitely, he was different. Like, you know, Jose said, he was just this California, hey, dude, what's yeah, up, yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. And these guys were, like Jose said, blue collar, but also in the most blue collar of cities with a most blue collar of coaches of Buddy Ryan and they didn't understand him. Yeah, and you're also talking about late-round picks who needed to bust their ass to sure. play in the NFL. The Seth Jordans, Wes Hopkins, Andre Waters, all those guys were Clyde Simmons, late picks, and they had to really work. And this guy, they're looking at this guy coming in with a suit and a turtleneck on. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. walking around the locker room thinking he's the shit, talking in the third right. person. Like, yeah, and that's, that's just not going to work with, with that particular set yeah. of, uh, of players on the, on the defensive side. But I look at it, and I'm like, I, I get a little, I'm a little torn. Like, yeah, it would be cool to sit there and put, like, 30 hours a week into the game plan. But I think Randall's also trying to tell those guys, like, hey, it's more than just football. You can do other things. I think he was, but it, it's it's also there's a thin line. There's a thin line. It is. You got to win. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even saying yeah. win a Super Bowl. I think the frustration seemed to kind of mound with the lack of playoff wins. Yeah. Once that started building up, then it kind of piled on more and more. And I think um, the sad part is that those guys blamed Randall yeah. for Buddy getting fired. And I think that's not fair. I think Buddy got himself fired. Mm-hmm. And Buddy was just like, hey, well, I won. Well, you won games. You did win, right? But you didn't win any playoff games. Yeah. And yet he thought that Norman Raymond, the owner, couldn't touch him. And the owner can always touch him. Yeah. And I, and I, and the defensive players hated Cotite. 
because they thought he was behind Buddy getting fired so he can get the head coaching job. Like, they hated Coach Titan. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they show clips of Jerome Brown trying to, like, whoop Coach Titan's ass. Like, in yeah. practice, you know, they had to hold him back. And I think Buddy should have gotten at least one more year. I mean, because you're making the playoffs. I get you got to win the game, you know, but they were having success at that time. Like, I would have gave him one more year to see, can you get over this hump? But... I don't know. That's just me. Is that biased because we love Buddy so uh, yeah, much? Yeah, that's definitely biased. Because I think <laughs> if you do all the stuff that he did and you taunt the owner the way you do and then you're not winning a playoff True. game, if I'm out of, like, you know, it's like that's going to be hard to. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was definitely time for Buddy to go, unfortunately. Um, I think he, you know, there's some coaches out there they will get you to a certain level. And that's just what it is. And then, uh, you know, but, yeah, it was time for him to go and, I just think that, you know, nowadays it's like, okay, you have your star player, you guys sit there and talk, and you do get feedback. I mean, geez, even Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, like, was like, hey, what do you think about this guy? I mean, and what has he done? So I'm always thinking, like, you know, if we had a, a better structure within ownership, they probably should have brought Randall in and said, all right, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Or could see how even the new coaches would have utilized Randall really for their strengths instead of just saying Norman Brain being in uh, that guy in France, uh, the famous quote. It's just like, all right, let's get this guy. This guy's not too bad right here. Yeah. Well, let me ask this question to you guys just thinking about it right now. Uh, w- when Randall goes to Minnesota and he has that success and he has Dennis Green and Brian Billick, you know, as his offensive coaches – you know, that's and he has maybe the best probably the best year of his career, that ninety eight yeah. season. Yeah. But if we remember his last year, ninety five, we have young John Gruden as the O. C. And now they're both West Coast kind of systems. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that for that final year in Philly he couldn't really cause if you see he wasn't really grasping the offense. Yeah. But then he goes to Minnesota and he he stripes it a few seasons later. I think, and Darius brought up, he some people need that humble pie. I think that '95 season was that humble pie for him. You know what I mean? Because he literally retired after that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he retired because of Gruden and all that. I'm not saying that, but he just could not get that. He wasn't putting that work in to get that offense down. You know what I mean? And and I'm trying to remember what game it was, but they put him in the game and he had no idea what the game plan was. You know and. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot do that. And and I think after that, he was so frustrated with football. I mean, the game was changing. And, again, this is a guy, John Gruden, who, I mean, looking back, he knows, you know, as an offensive coordinator, he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, we all hear stories, you know, about, about Gruden and how what type of coach he was. He was really hard on Randall. You know what I mean? And there's clips. I've seen clips in NFL films of Randall, like, couldn't even call the play. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, mind you, the play is like, the play was long. Yeah, I've seen those clips long. too. The play was Gruden long. with the backwards visor, yeah, young Gruden. Yeah, and um, he just need. I think he needed that. And what happened that when he left after that, I think that changed his mindset on the game of football. And that's and the result was that that season in Minnesota. Yeah, because '95 it ends. I mean, it ends poorly with the his wife is expecting you know with twins, mm-hmm. and then he's getting ridiculed for wanting leave, leave to go. Yeah. And, the, and that was bullshit. I think that's wrong. I think today, in today's game... Yeah, you that, see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see it all the time. And and I think it's also, with Randall, was like... I mean, it's just... It, now we go back to, like, gauging the temperature of the team. 
the Eagles should have been rid of Randall. It was over. You know, you had to move on. You can't have that. And I remember on the radio, you still had, like, some fans who were pro-Randall, some fans who hated him, why is he on the team, and all that kind of stuff. And then Grudall comes in, and it's just it's just a mess. The Eagles probably should have. They were probably, like, what, a year or two too late from moving on? Just saying, I like, think, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. just got to go and just say, okay, man, let's just start over, start fresh. Um, but I think everybody was still enamored with the talent. I mean, Hikai could still just go out there and chuck the ball 90 yards with a flick well, of the Well, because you have 94, they start 7-0 and and collapse. I know. Right. So then yeah, there's the... signs that, like, maybe this can work. So there's always these teases with Randall. Like, it seems like Randall could just tease you because 7-0 and and you finish 7-9, and it's, it's, it's just some tragic stuff. And then yeah. 95... You know, I think the the divisional game. You know, Ronnie Pete is in there. Um, they whoop the Lions, and then they get into the next round. He gets injured, and then what do we have? We have Randall coming in, not knowing what's going on. Yeah. They were getting blown out. Yeah, it was a bad. You know that that Cowboy team won their went up winning their third Super Bowl. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, but it, Randall was confused out there, and and that was a sad way to go. And uh, it was. You know, you guys said that humble pie. Randall, for a long time, thought that he was hated in Philadelphia. Right. And didn't want to come back. Yeah, and I think a part of that, we are are talking about Philadelphia. And I think a lot of people were not ready to have an African-American quarterback, to be honest. Absolutely. And and even with McNabb, same thing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And even with Michael Vick, same thing. Like, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. Like, I, I love my city, man, but... You know, that's a thing. You have to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just think a lot of the hate was those fans still hanging on to that. And, like, look, I told you, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, let's bring in whoever it was. This traditional quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Right. The traditional drop back quarterback. And, and, and there was a lot of – it did get down to just being racial. And I do remember, like I said, it was, there was a divide. There was definitely a divide within the city or for those rooting for the team about what, you know, we should even do with Randall and how now, how his uh, career is even being judged. Um, because you still, in my opinion, you know, he's still what? Maybe top two quarterbacks in franchise history. Right if now. If you really want to go there. But you got people saying like, oh, like, you know, hey man, Nick Foles, it wasn't too bad. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. The guy had like... Seven really good games. <laughs> like, hold on, man. You know, but yeah. So it's it is a it is a little bit odd how we all view Randall um, as he played. You know, his career here. But then he he retires. Yeah. And winds up being doing work living out in Vegas, and it's funny this how he got discovered by the Vikings yeah. was playing in that like flag football flag, flag football game running around. And winds up getting offered a uh, a backup spot, mm-hmm. but then I believe it was was it Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. You know, gets hurt. Yeah, week two. And Randall winds up having the best season of his career in 1998. Well, right, and I think that goes back to I believe a a young Brian uh, Billick was the offensive coordinator. Right, and and I, and this is where like as an Eagle fan, it just hurts because I think Brian Billick was like, well, let's see here, we got a guy who could throw the ball deep. Uh, I got a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Chris Carter. I got this other guy named Randy Moss. 
I think it's pretty simple. <laughs> just go deep. Yeah. And I think is once again, it was like, wow, like we we seen glimpses of this in Philadelphia. Man, now the guy has a couple couple targets. He has a good line. You draft Robert Smith, I believe, right? Robert that, Smith was there, but he, right. he was yeah, he it's like, it, back. Yeah, it's like, hey, we, we get a hey, look look what happens. Wow. Who would have thought that? And I'm like, as an Eagle fan, you're like, geez, like yeah. we could have just given the guy some talent. God only knows and a little bit of structure, you know, gosh, yeah, because Brian figured it out. Yeah, Brian Billick did his screen. Yeah, and it, that goes to show, and, and Derek just talked about it. Even Seth Jordan, I've seen Seth Jordan say it too before. What if Randall had those weapons here in Philly? And I'm not saying you got to get a Randy Moss, but like some some good wide receivers. I, I like Barnett and Williams. They were good, but, I mean, some like Pro Bowl wide receivers who are going to go get that ball who who – who even Randall couldn't out throw. You know what I mean? Like you had Chris Carter over the middle, you had Moss deep, man, and, and that was just the perfect combination. Man. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, they got Jake Reed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, hey, let's get this guy three, like three, three Pro Bowlers, two Hall of Famers. Yeah, Robert Smith. Yeah, like another Pro Bowler. Robert, oh, they'll say Ohio. Ugh. Uh, yeah. He said Ohio State. Yeah, we don't, we don't respect them. Chris Carter's but, Ohio State, too. But, but, he, but he got paid to leave. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but we got all this stuff, and it's like, wow. It's like not only was it a, a good offense, but it's like historically one of the best. They had one of the best offensive years. Yeah, uh, yeah they believe. had a really good yeah. run, too. Yeah, Randall had 34 touchdowns, yeah. 10 picks. 3,700 yards passing, and they go 15-1. and one. They lost to Tampa in the regular season. And then that NFC Championship game against those Dirty Bird Falcons, uh. Uh, Gary Anderson, field goal away from Randall getting to a Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked about it. I don't know if the Vikings do win that game. I'm not sure. The 98 Broncos were a great team, too. I don't know if they win but it, it's a hell of a game. Yeah. No, and, and that's the game that everyone wants it. No one wanted the, the Falcons to win. But I also think with the 98 Broncos, which was a an all-star team also, I mean, I don't think they had a corner who was going to stick with Randy Moss. Um, and like I said, and it, it would have just made everything a little bit more complex because, I mean, geez, the Falcons, it was just really one guy offensively. Jamal Anderson, who, you know. But. Well, let me ask, who do you think would have won that? If the Vikings get there, who wins that game? I don't know. I think that Denver team was pretty good, too, you know, and that would have been the Broncos' first, right, of the back. That would have been their That's second. Too. Okay, yeah, so that team was better than the first team. Yeah. You know, and it would have been, I don't know, it would have been a really, really good game. I think offensively Denver would have been able to move the ball as well. You yeah. Know? You know what I mean? Like, that Vikings defense was good, but it wasn't. Something formidable, you know what I mean? Like, but how you stop Moss, man? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. That would have been tough. Yeah, you that can't double great. them all. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been yeah. a great game. Yeah, I mean, probably real quick. Probably one of the top three or four like matchups I really would have liked to see. Uh, that's probably that's number one for yeah, a lot of people. Like, yeah, yeah, that that would have been the Super Bowl. Yeah, and a lot of highlights for Randall that um, throwing that Thanksgiving game. Hitting Randy Moss. Yeah, right. Dallas, yeah. yeah. Welcome. That was Randy Moss's welcome. That was one of them. Prime time. Yeah. That was one of them. He had a few that year. Yeah. He had like three catches for like 160, <laughs> yeah. three touchdowns. Just killed it. Yeah, he wanted to kill them Cowboys that, that, that game because they didn't. They said they were going to draft them, and they mm-hmm. didn't. And he wanted to show them they should have picked them. Yeah. <laughs> and that really, that 98 season is really the last hurrah for Randy. Yeah. Uh, 99, he. Gets benched for Jeff George. 
Oof. Yeah. That one hurt. Oof, Magoof. And that's and then he goes to Dallas to be a backup for Aikman. He comes in for Troy. Troy winds up getting knocked out by the Eagles in the 2000 season. That's Troy's like final yeah. game. Uh, Randall does return to Philly in a Dallas Cowboy uniform, which was kind of odd. Yeah. But uh, and they wind up losing that game. But he kind of got a mix for uh, reception. You know, got some cheers, got some boos, and. He pretty much goes to Baltimore in 01, and then that's it. Yeah. And Randall Cunningham ends pretty much one of the most exciting but bizarre careers we've seen in the NFL, I think, ever. Yeah, and, and a career that with a lot of highlights, but also those lowlights as low, low highlights as well. And but he, he put his fingerprint on the game, though, for sure. And we were talking about it earlier in the show. It's like, you know, that's the standard, you know what I mean, to all these guys are going to be compared to, you know. And and he set, he set the bar pretty high. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And, um, and like I said, it, it depends on how you want to revisit history to see about him. Like I said, for me, it's more on the positive end um, just because he – Randall was a guy in, a, in an era – that did not embrace people being different. He wanted to be different. And I think that says a lot because now, I mean, guys almost like come to games like in dresses and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, but it's like this whole thing about embracing people to be different and be who you are. And that was Randall. And I think Randall, while I think he loved what football could do for him, I don't know if he really had a passion, like a love for football. I mean, the guy, I think he, he was just naturally gifted. Well, let me let me ask. Do you think overrated, underrated, or properly rated for Randall? Hmm. That's a that's a tough one. Cause for me, I think I think he's properly rated. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he's overrated at all. Um, I'm thinking of the, the time here with the Eagles, and and then again, we just talked about it. What he can do with a lot of weapons. He put those numbers up in, in Minnesota and almost got to the Super Bowl and. But I think he's really underrated, to be honest. Like, I know that they just did the, the 100th year in the NFL. I think he was, like, number 88, like, top 100 weapons in the NFL. He should have been a lot higher than that. You know what I mean? And people, I think, are starting to forget. Like, well, I think people have forgotten. People have, yeah. Yeah, how, how big and how much Randall changed the game in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I, I would definitely go, definitely go with the whole underrated. Um, when you have guys like Bill Belichick who says, hey, man, I don't know what we got to do. Like, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, that says it all for me. Um, matter of fact, he just told his Giants players, like, get the F back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you see Randall, like, get out the pocket, get the F back. Like, you know, so. Um, but I definitely think he was underrated. Like I said, I'm always going to be a little bit biased just because I saw uh, the whole career unfold before my eyes. And I just knew that his impact was different than anybody we've ever seen up until that point. I think it was like, what, like Fran Tarkenton or one of those guys who was running around crazy. Um, Tarkenton, Stallback did a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Stallback. Yeah. But even with Stallback, it wasn't like designed as much. No, it, it was, was improv. broken play. Yeah, it was the improv. And it was like Randall was like, hey, let's just roll him out. And, hey, man, 
here was a guy probably what with a speed of like a 40 like a 4344 and I was like hey good luck in catching him <laughs> it was like so that was a different way of thinking for the quarterback position so that's why I'm always going to say he was underrated um, because he was one of the first in modern football to do the things he did like I looked at this guy's rushing yards and I'm like I mean this was a legit like dual threat you know uh, guy here that you, you how do you plan for that I mean you're now talking about having to change your defenses from a traditional linebacker say hey man I need a couple more uh, cornerbacks or say or you know what I mean guys out there DBs to kind of help with this because he's going to blow past everybody so for me and all that he did I would definitely say underrated I think underrated as well I don't think he gets enough credit I think it's a problem that people are still looking at Michael Vick as that guy, like, oh, he started this. He tra- and it's not Michael Vick. Michael Vick, I've seen give props to Randall. Yeah. Unless it be Absolutely. Known. So it's not Michael Vick's doing it all, but uh, people are forgetting that that's the guy. He's the one. And I've heard Carl Banks say it so many times that if Randall was playing nowadays, he would be better than all these guys. Yeah. Oh, he would be way better. And I, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier with the rules that they have. Way better. He's ahead of his time. He really was. Now, the, the question is, do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? Nah, I don't know. We were talking earlier about this. I I, I don't think so. Like, I, would, I would love him to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. But impact, I, I think he should, but the Hall of Fame is not about just the impact. Like, you know, he had he had numbers. He put up numbers. And I'm sure we're going to get into guys who he had better numbers than, but... You know, you gotta win too, man. You gotta winning is a big part of it, and you know, you gotta win in the playoffs. You know, you don't have to win the Super Bowl, but you gotta have some type of success in the playoffs. And and he didn't he didn't have much, especially early. You know, and I think that's the biggest factor. Like, I might not sound like the biggest Randall fan, <laughs> but I am a big Randall fan. No, no. I, I think I would like him. To, I would like to see him in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he should get in. Yeah, I think once you. You know, it depends on how we look at Hall of Fame and how you judge. I'm, I'm a guy who looks and say, okay, were you one of the two or three best at your position at that time? And I say for those, like, four years, three to four years, um, then we have the Minnesota year, in which I would say he was one of the top quarterbacks for that year. I think it's an argument. I think it's a close argument that he may have been, like, the top three maybe a four or five guy who was really dominating at that time. Um, so for me, I think he is an all-Hall of Famer. I don't think it's an easy decision, though. I will say that it will probably be um, the category. I forgot the category. What's the category where the uh, the, the uh, guys who have been retired for like a while? The legends. Like the legends, the, right. He may get one of those. The senior committee. The senior committee. He may get one of those type of things. But Sorry about that. But, yeah, but I do think that um, – he is a Hall of Famer, and hopefully he will get in. I, It's really tough for me because I do think there is a place for guys who paved the way and showed, yeah. but I, I just don't see it as much. I think Randall, to me, had three good years in Philadelphia, and I think that 1991 where it was, he was like on a that tier of elite. Yeah. So, to me, he had the one elite year. Because I don't know if 88, 89, you're going to say he's better than Montana, Elway, 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 Marino, 
You know, Boomer Esiason uh, was good that great. I that mean, year. if we, we want to look Kelly. at it, the yards were up there. He was. He was, he was chucking stuck, it. But I'm yeah. saying it goes beyond. Were you going to say he's not better than a Montana or a Elway, those guys that year, or Dan Marino? Or you got Jim Kelly on the rise at that yeah. time. Yeah, um, that's true. The So, to me, my eye test says no for him. But the only thing is, I do wonder, there are some quarterbacks who are in, and I'm saying, do they yeah. get more of an edge than Randall? And that's where I kind of look at it like, that's the only thing that I can kind of sway me. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the, whether it's this show or another show, we should look at that and say, like, who are some of these other guys who got in? And, like, you know, you talked earlier about Troy Aikman. I mean, hey, let's give him, like, the best offensive line ever. And, like, Hall of Famers all over the place. And, you know, let's throw him but in Joe there. But Aikman played clutch, though. Well, he, and he, he was. And, right. He was clutch. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good conversation, though. Yeah, and I think what hurts Randall a lot is the era he was in. You know what I mean? Like, those were some some that of the best true. QBs to ever play the game. That is yeah. true. And he was in the mix there. And some years he did his thing, and he was up there with them. And some years, obviously, he wasn't. And that's not a knock on Randall. You're talking about, it, like you said, Elway, Marino, Montana, all those guys. Like, you know, they were some great quarterbacks, man. And, and it's easy to forget Randall in that era because of those guys. I mean, right, because we look at it like who was really winning back then? It's 49ers. Yeah. The the Redskins. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and uh, the Giants. I mean, unless I'm missing that's somebody. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm like, can you, I can't blame the guy. I mean, there weren't a lot of teams winning then. It was, I mean, and all three of those things, all three of those teams had what? Hall of Fame coaches. So it was like, I can't, I mean, you know, it's kind of like we look at basketball in the Jordan era. Like, you going to blame Patrick Ewing for losing to Jordan? No, no. <laughs> like, hey, Charles Barkley, hey, man. But they actually him. lost to Jordan. Yeah. Right, they lost to him. They like, lost Randall to him. did not. He lost to the Redskins in 90, but Which lost was to the Rams. But, lost to but, the but if we really do look, though, let's, let's be honest, man. Like, that Rams team was pretty good. That was okay. Oh. They were okay. Jose made a fake. Yeah, they were okay. They were okay. okay. And let's not also forget, it was also, remember, Buddy Ryan just, I mean, they got got torched that game, too. I mean, let's blitz them every time, I guess. Yeah, Flipper Anderson had like 200 yards. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, hey, man, let's not. That was, uh, he killed the Giants. They they go to the championship game and lose to the, the Niners. Right, but that Rams team—I mean, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was it Jim Everett? Yeah, Jim Everett yeah. was it was back there, but and, and Jim Everett had some good years. Let's not put that aside. But but no, there are some disappointments. There, there definitely are some disappointments. I just look at it and I just say, I think maybe this would be a guy, a legends committee, or you know, a senior committee that they'd be like, all right, man, this guy. If you really look at the numbers back. Let then, me throw out some names just for who would you put in first, Randall or Donovan McNabb? Yeah, you got to put Randall. Jose? Easy. I would say McNabb. Yeah, oh. I, I would say. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> so no. And I, and I, and yeah, and I look at McNabb and I say, I. I think I, McNabb as well. I don't know if at McNabb's height, was he really considered like an elite quarterback? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think so. In that era. Yeah, there's arguments in, in both cases, you know, but McNabb did. To me, more with a lot less. You know, like, 
Yeah, Randall didn't have the Pro Bowl receiver, but Fred Barnett and Calvin Williams were Super Bowl receivers. You know, you give McNabb Fred Barnett, I think he has a better year. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, McNabb was throwing to Nate Brown and Todd Pinkston and James yeah, Stratton. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now I think McNabb had the better coaching behind them, you know, pushing that. But and Mc, ownership. Yeah, McNabb won some playoff games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and and yeah, he couldn't get over the hump a lot of those years. But he got to, you know what I mean, the NFC Championship games. And, like, you got it. I think that holds more weight than the only, a couple MVP seasons. Right. The only knock I'm going to have against that, like I said, I think, you know, McNabb did, did, his, did a good job, is that Randall had to go through Parcells mm-hmm. and Gibbs. It's tough. When yeah, I look at yeah. I look at Big Nab and I'm like, all right, the Cowboys. I mean, we can name all their coaches they they had that time. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot. Well, who else he had? He had the Giants. Giants. I mean, come on, Fossil and those guys. That was a waste of time. And then who else? Who else was in there? The Redskins. I mean, I can't. Yeah, his division. <laughs> yeah, the division. Yeah, just... the division. The East was very easy at the time. I mean, right. I'm not going to knock them. Yeah. For you know, yeah, you, you know, you can't really knock who they're playing, but I look and I'm like, well, the Eagles were supposed to win those divisions. I I don't think there was really any threat. And I look at Randall, I said, yo, man, he went at it when probably football was at its apex as far as you had some Hall of Fame coaches, you had some Hall of Fame talent, like uh, quarterbacks all over. You're going against the greatest of all time. Um, Was probably, I think we can safely say, was like the quarterback golden years. It's look a, at Marino, Elway, Montana. You know what I mean? Like, those are the quarterback golden years. Um, so, that's my only thing which I would say, hey, Randall just did it in an era where it was tougher. Um, but I think Donovan, I mean, I still would give the edge to Randall, but it's very close. Very what close. about Randall or Doug Williams? Uh, I would go Doug Williams. Because, I, again, I love Randall, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, But I just think... Doug Williams' impact on the game was was huge, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that needs to be in there. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I just think just based off of that, no numbers, nothing. I just think his impact on the game should be, he should be in there. Yeah, I would probably lean towards Doug. Okay, I would lean that. Okay, I I would too. I would because Doug even did it in Tampa Bay. Yeah, right before and then first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So all right, but yeah. So we pretty much covered, I feel, the legacy of Randall Cunningham. He needs to be discussed more, needs to be talked about more, needs to be remembered by a lot of these young fans who are now loving. And I love seeing this emergence of quarterbacks with Lamar and Mahomes and Russell Wilson and and Deshaun Watson, so many. It's great. But the OG, the godfather of them all, is Randall Cunningham. He's still scrambling somewhere. He's out in Vegas doing his thing. Yeah, but yeah he's preaching out there. Yeah, he's preaching, but he's doing his thing. So, you know, much respect to Randall. I think if you want to see any – to me, there's very few people who have better highlights. I, I maybe say Barry Sanders is on that list. Yeah, you're right. And just better highlights. It's like Barry Sanders, people who may say Gail Sayers. Yeah. Now, that's a good – that's a good combo. Um that's yeah, true. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore I, of highlight uh, reels. highlight reels. Oof. I would gonna write that yeah, down. I gotta folks. think about that. I, I have another question. As Eagles fans, should his number be retired? It's not retired. Mm-mm. He's in the Eagles. Oh, the ring of 
Hall the, Hall, yeah. Oh, I think so. I mean, that, and that's a popular number, but I mean, more, not really as much today. But, right. But, yeah, I think so. I mean, he was one of the Eagles' best players of all time, you know, so yeah. I think so. I agree. I think he should. should be. I think so. See, what I like, though, when he came back for that ring of honor, like, he got a lot of love. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and he felt that, and he talked about that, and I'm glad he got that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a fitting end to a, a great career, I think, you know? And um, I'm glad Philadelphia was able to kind of show that to him. Yeah. yeah, and I think he got it. I think he gets it. I, I think he doesn't have any ill will. Well, I still think, you know, number five will always love you. Uh, I think he still has some ill will towards some things in Philly. And I think Randall kind of gets it. Like, hey, man, it was a different time. You can't really knock people, you know, for thinking certain ways. It was just The world was just different then. And I think he's like, and I also think him being a pastor kind of helps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, I forgive you. I'm ready to move on. Whereas uh, number five is uh, still struggling with that. Yeah, I, I I I can understand why five is struggling with it. I do get it. I do understand that. Like that was, it, it was even, in a way, you could say it was maybe worse because the media was growing. Social media started growing when McNabb was getting blasted in Philadelphia. Randall got it really bad too, but it, it kind of just blew up. And everything was always Donovan's fault, and he couldn't do anything right. Which I feel like Randall got that more toward. The end. Yes. Donovan got that, I think, from start to finish. From literally start. Yeah, literally yeah. start to finish. From walking on the stage. Start, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he and he also dealt with it a lot different. He was very thin-skinned. and But that's another story. Yeah. No, um, it's funny. When I was at WBCB, uh, Merrill Reese's radio station, I interned there. And when I uh, interviewed with a former uh, classmate, he was the sports director, and we were in Merrill's office, and you see pictures of old, you know, events he had with the Eagles, but the biggest was this Randall poster hanging up there. And I was like, oh, okay, so he's got that Randall love, and he was like, yeah, I think Merrill, that's his favorite time, that Randall, and watching Randall, that was his favorite player and his favorite time. And to me, I think I've heard Merrill Reese, who was legendary, he was broadcaster, in interviews say, like, there's nothing like watching Randall. If you hear those clips, I yeah. think the most exciting that Merrill gets is when he's doing a Randall Cunningham clip. Like, yeah. nothing compares to that. And that team had to be so much fun to watch. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that defense, and he was laying everybody out, and then you got a guy on offense who... You just can't any, explain. Yeah, yeah, any play can go to the house, man. You know what I mean? And that's that's exciting. Yeah. No. So, Darius, thanks for joining us yeah, on the zone, man. man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. So, Jose. Another one in the books. Another one in the books, man. Until next week. I'm right. All right. Peace. Peace.